0: Everybody, welcome back to Diamond Talk. And today, we're breaking down the, the DS series. And boy, oh boy, what a! I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm disappointed, but I'm not happy. It was just there was basically sweeps. It, it was though I think. Uh, what's called the Braves got one game in there where they kind of snuck away with it, right? It wasn't even like a good win, they kind of snuck away with a win at home. But Nick, Robin, how you guys doing?
1: Yo, what's going on, guys? Yeah, uh, it's definitely been an interesting uh, couple weeks for the postseason here. Definitely for some of these teams, it's kind of like looking around like, wow, we actually made it this far. Like, how, how do we get here? But definitely going to dive into that here today. Oh, man, I'm always good this time of year. And the Dodgers got
2: swept, so it doesn't get any better than that for me. So I'm looking forward. I think these LCS is what we didn't know we needed. These LCSs are lining up way, way better than I thought they were going to at this time of year. So I'm excited to talk about the DS and what happened.
0: Yeah, so we probably had no no real idea that we were going to be talking about the a the, the CS this early on, you know. We thought we might be you know maybe going into Game Fives t- today or, or or yesterday, and I just not the fucking case, man. It it was these series just ended really quick. It, it almost felt I I don't know how to explain it, man. I'm not happy. I I I wish we had better baseball from those from some of those teams. Let's start Let's start where Nick's heart is the happiest and where Nick's heart is. the and that is the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. Holy, I mean, how, how do I even say it? It was, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be PG-13. It was like, it was just like watching somebody just beat the shit out of, out of somebody. It was, it was not close at all. The, the Dodgers did not show up to the series. Uh, it was pretty much over the first inning of the first game, essentially, when they scored six runs on Kershaw. I I wish there were things to break down on these series. They're like, oh, we're gonna go into these plays. Like, no, it was just utter fucking beatdown by the Diamondbacks. But Nick, I I see you smiling on the inside. What what did what did you <laughs> what did you see about this series, man?
2: I'm smiling on the inside, the outside, everywhere I can smile. Uh, I saw this that the Dodgers just absolutely got boat raced, and I love it. It's it's almost as if why even show up to the playoffs. And for me, I I love it because now the Dodgers it. I don't care what any fan has to say. That 2020 championship is absolutely comical. There's there's nothing else you can tell me. They've had so many chances of being the best team, four straight years of 100 wins, and to losing the LDS two years in a row. For those who are complaining about being the format and how the first place and second place teams got this bye week, the Astros don't seem to care too much. They seem to be doing fine with it. So I don't really want to hear that shit. Look, the Dodgers are a great regular season team. And... What happened in 2020 is they played 60 games and they went into a playoff right after that. They didn't even get their one full 162. The Dodgers have shown year after year after year that they're not here for championships. They are the Rays. They are the Brewers. They are the old school athletics. Yeah, I said it. They're Moneyball. That's what they are with more money. So they look really, really good. You've got two MVP candidates that go one for 22. And I don't want to throw any shade on Freeman or Betts because I love them both as players. But where did you go? Why did you start your vacation a week early? Like, don't bowl. Stop bowling, Mookie Betts. Freddie Freeman, like, have fun with your kids, but not at this time of the year. So the Diamondbacks just, I mean, they dominated every facet of the game. Their pitchers came to deal. Gallen, Kelly, their, their bullpen, everybody just came in throwing strikes and challenging the Dodgers hitters. There was nothing cute about it. Watching these games, they were going after them. They were making great pitches. Don't get me wrong. The Diamondbacks pitching staff is in postseason form. But they were going after these guys. They weren't trying to nibble at them. They weren't trying to outsmart them with different off speeds and whatnot. It was a great, It was just a great showing of the pitching staff saying, here, we're going to give you our best and see if you can beat us. And they absolutely did not. And the entire Dodgers lineup, I believe they had four guys with over 100 RBIs this year. It's not just Freeman and Betts. If you have those guys not doing well, you need other guys to step up. And they did not have a single player step up in the, on the offensive side and then, I mean, I hate to say it, but when you have Kershaw doing Kershaw things in the first inning with no outs, rather than the sixth or seventh, like that had to have been really deflating for this team to have the guy that you saved through the year so he could be well-rested in the playoffs to do what he does in the playoffs, but in the very first inning with no outs. I, like you said, it was over at that point. The Dodgers, I think, just lost all sort of mental capacity to come back in this series. And the Diamondbacks, honestly, they knew right then and there they had them. And then when you go into game three, look, the most telling sort, the most telling thing that happened was the back to back to back to back home or the four home runs and five hitters or whatever it was. Not only was it four home runs and five hitters, it was Kevin around hitting a home run foul and the next pitch saying, okay, no problem. I'll just hit it where it's absolutely fair and I'll hit it 30 rows back instead of just over the foul pole. It was absolutely fun to watch um, for me as a Dodger hater. It sucks because then you come up with these questions like, is the playoff format not realistic? No, it's realistic. It's good. I'd rather have the one-card wild card and have the four teams in the playoffs. I think that was the best format that we had. But I don't think that this is too far off. You just had a team in the Dodgers that, for whatever reason, forgot how good they are. Or maybe they just really are a regular season team. They are such a sabermetrics, numbers, analytic team that they put together where they can win most games, but when you get into crunch time and other teams are coming with their best stuff every single pitch, it doesn't translate. Yeah. Analytics is a way of looking back at what you did. It's not predictive. You cannot predict somebody stepping up in a, in a good moment like the LCS. You can't predict Zach Gallen deciding I'm just going to shove it up your ass. And you can't predict Clayton Kershaw, who arguably is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He's definitely the greatest lefty we've seen in our lifetime. And I'm 44 years old maybe i personally give it a randy johnson I'll say, yeah, i'd say
0: i'd go to randy johnson if, if i had to choose one but yeah
2: no for sure and and you know i can i can see that argument for sure but he's in that conversation it's not that Absolutely. he's not in that conversation so you've got a guy that you could put in that conversation of the best lefty we've ever seen and he just gets shelled in the playoffs it is a different ball game and it's not like clayton kershaw hasn't been there before but for me it was fun to watch as a dodger hater and i think it really showcases this should show teams you can't just go after numbers. You can't just pull sabermetrics to put a team together because you will have regular season success. But if you really want that championship, you've got to do the stuff that you can't put on paper. The Alex Bregman, who's going to work his ass off, even though he had good years. The Jordan Alvarez, who got cut from the Dodgers. Just flat out cut. Like, you're not going to be good enough. There's an it factor there. The Jose Altuve's of the world. And yeah, there's a lot of Astros in here because they're in their seven straight LCS. They're running a dynasty. And then you put a guy like Dusty Baker We had a conversation with one of my friends the other day talking about the Astros. They were good before, but they didn't know how to play baseball. They knew how to do analytics. Dusty Baker comes in these last couple of years and really gets them into a baseball mindset. How do you win each game? How do you win each inning instead of trying to win this regular season? And look, I love Dusty Baker when he's on the Giants, but he didn't win a championship. He didn't win a ring. He didn't have this kind of talent. So you put the talent the Astros have and you give them a baseball mind like Dusty Baker. And now you're seeing what really can happen. And that's what a lot of these teams need to figure out is how do you get baseball minds in there to teach these great players with all the numbers you want, how to play the game to get wins when you need them, rather than just, we're going to get to the postseason and see what happens. That's what happened here with the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and no shade to the Diamondbacks. They absolutely came in and dominated every facet of the game. And I think Tommy Pham is a big addition to this team from a mentality standpoint. I think he was such a good ad at the trade deadline because you had a lot of rookies and a lot of young cats that are doing well and they get punched in the face by the rest of the league. And then they come back after Tommy fan gets their great leader out, out on the field. And, you know, Lavello is just doing an amazing job as a manager. So this series was really fun for me to watch because I love seeing the Dodgers lose.
0: Rob, talk to me about these diamondbacks, man, because I know you've been the highest on their lineup. Um, I would say you've probably been the highest on the diamondbacks themselves um, so far this playoffs. And, and I know you, you know, you've mentioned you had the, the, the Dodgers winning this series. But you thought the Diamondbacks lineup was going to be something that held the minute. Obviously, they ended up winning it, man. But but tell me what you've seen so far out of these Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, for for sure. I, I I've just seen overall just really really good offensive production. Again, they they have a lineup that's very underrated when compared to a lot of the other lineups in the postseason and i and i said it a few episodes ago because if you look at their overall numbers from the regular season yeah their their overall numbers don't necessarily point to their lineup being one of the top offenses in the league but when you look at again compared to the group that made the postseason and you look at it just from a name perspective because the the numbers are going to differ everyone's going to go through their slumps but from a talent perspective they have a top 10 outfielder in Corbin Carroll. They have a top 10 second baseman in Cattell Marte. They have a top 10 first baseman in Christian Walker. That's essentially what your lineup is built around. And then after that, it's the additional pieces that you have. You know, your your Gerardo Par, uh, Perdomos, your Gabriel Moreno's, your, your Lujas Gurriel Juniors. You know, we talked about, look, you look at offseason, um, at offseason trades, right? You can point to the offseason trade of, for example, like Pablo Lopez going to Minnesota and Luis Arias going to Miami. As a team, where both both teams benefit, that's a win win for for both teams. Both teams got something good from those players. I think this trade between Toronto and Arizona has clearly shifted to the Arizona Diamondbacks winning because if Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Guriel are contributing, you know, both putting up over 900 OPSs in the in the you know NLDS, even though it's just three games, right? But it's sweeping the the Dodgers, who were one of the National League favorites. You know, it, no matter what narrative is being run out there that it was a rebuild year for the Dodgers or anything like that. Like they got swept by the diamondbacks. No, no one really had them losing in the NLDS in this type of fashion. Um, Even if you look at, at the diamondbacks right now, who, who are in the, are in the NLCS, I probably less than 5%, you know, of people pick the diamondbacks. to even have a chance to be in the world series this season. So already a team that's, that's, you know, it's overachieving by, by what, probably what they had in mind as their goal coming into this year but yeah dude it's a lineup that that put together a lot of good at bats against the Dodgers and they again they took Kershaw's soul in game one they that they had that man on the bench looking stressed like that man had nothing left to give after that first inning and and it was it was sad to see on Kershaw's end but again it's it's exciting to see on baseball's end because you see another young hungry team like the Diamondbacks it's weird because you know like If we looked earlier on in the season, you'd probably point to a team like the Orioles, right? Where you'd be like, man, the Orioles have a clear, like a a brighter future than the Diamondbacks. But the Diamondbacks are right in that conversation. They have a lot of good young prospects that still have to come up in their system. We talked about it before. The the Orioles and the Diamondbacks are very similar in terms of AL and NL counterparts in the sense that they both just kind of need more pitching. They kind of need more pitching that you can rely on. A top of the line starter for the Diamondbacks. I'd love to see them add a a better a better you know bat to their lineup to even strengthen that um, a little more because it's definitely going to be a question come off season time. We've seen Arizona so often be in this type of position where it's like oh we make a, a postseason for one or two seasons and then we we're not going to spend anymore you know like so now it's a question of are you willing to spend? You gave an extension to Corbin Carroll. Are you willing to build around Corbin Carroll? Are you probably have to sign Zach Gallon? You know are you going to keep a guy like Merrill Kelly? in your rotation, who, who has turned into a solid pitcher in the game of baseball. Like Merrill Kelly's probably like your definition, like guy who you would want to be a number three in your rotation. Like right now he's, he's a number two for Arizona. If they can get a one more guy on top of that, you drop Merrill Kelly down to number three. I mean, Arizona would be, would be looking in way better shape in, in my opinion, but Hey, they're right now they're, they're four wins away from making a world series trip after just sweeping the Dodgers. And, you know, for the Dodgers, just to talk a, li- a little bit about them, we're going to have to see what they do this offseason, man. Like, I don't know why they, they like I don't know why for, for some people it's, it's almost like a depression bill with the Dodgers. Right. Like, the expectation for the Dodgers this offseason was that they're number one in the Otani sweepstakes. Right. Like and, and everyone still views the Dodgers and the Mets as like probably the two favorites in terms of financials and things like that as potentially going after Otani. You have your, your other teams that have been mentioned before, like we've mentioned all year, your Red Sox, your Mariners, your things like that. But in terms of the teams that are going to have those meetings, the Dodgers should still be in there. And then again, they're not that different of a team. You just lost a shortstop. If you look at their lineup, they are the same. You got career years essentially for Mookie and Freddie. You still have Will Smith. You still have Max Muncie. You added JD Martinez. You ha- you traded back for Kike Hernandez, who was a mainstay in your lineup for years. You have your Chris Taylors again, not pointing at the fact whether they're performing or not, but a lot of the names are a lot of the similar names are still there. The main star that you lost was Treya Turner coming off of the team that you most recently had. And then the injuries are the are the things that are hurting you a bit. But like we talked about it before, we're Yankee fans. We've experienced the injuries too. It's part of every team's journey. So we can't just rely on the injuries because then I'm gonna look at at a team like Tampa Bay and be like, well, then you should have worked on your death. You should have made sure that, you know, if you had injuries, you got better pieces and kept it and kept the, the engines uh, running smoothly. Like Tampa Bay was able to, to lock down a good postseason position, even though they didn't have a lot of postseason success. So on the Dodgers end, I don't know, man, they're going to have an interesting offseason ahead on Arizona. And I think they're just enjoying the ride, man. Again, at, at this point, you're playing with house money. You're four wins away from the world series um, against a Phillies team who I, I, I think we're definitely going to dive into. But if I had to say right now. I don't have Arizona winning that series, but we're gonna have to wait and see.
0: Before we move on to the next series, man, I, I do think we should talk about. I mean, where do you go from here for the Dodgers? You've you've done a lot of different things, and and you know you're the bell of the ball when we'll people talk about baseball, right? They, you know, everyone talks about oh the Dodgers front office. That's who we want to be like. I, I think it's very. That's what people say, right? They haven't won shit, but that's what people say. It's we, the Dodgers front yeah, for office. for regular season success. Yes. They don't talk about the Braves who who, you know, in my opinion, you know, we're gonna to get to them too, because they also shit the bed. But they don't talk about the Braves. They don't talk about the Astros. Um, you know, they don't talk about the Phillies who are probably on their way to their second world Series in a row here. Um, they talk about the Dodgers and how amazing the Dodger front office is and all these and and the great farm system and all this other stuff that's produced fucking shit, pretty much. Right? So what I'm gonna say is, and this isn't even factually wrong, outside of this year, the Yankees and the Dodgers have had the most postseason appearances and the most postseason games played, even with those with, with those um Astros in the last like ten years, right? Um, and I'm sure Astros probably get up to that number now, because obviously they're gonna have a lot more games played. But, you know, my my point is there's nothing that, that the Dodgers have done that's necessarily separated themselves. It's it's all just I always say this all with, with many Los Angeles, it's Hollywood, bro. It's bullshit. They're giving you something on that like, that you're like looking at and you're fucking mesmerized by, but there really isn't much there. Like who's been the like who's been the greatest, who's been the best Dodger prospect that has come up that we're like, yeah, told you that we were that good. Like think about it, really. Like the pitchers, I guess, like Walker Bueller, but that's that's already been like what, seven years ago? Right? Like who who else recently that we can look at as like, Oh yeah, this was that guy from the Dodgers like farm system that made this team go, can can we point out one guy?
2: Can we point out one with, guy works? the problem with the lack of championships? You can't point to anybody. But I mean, you you have your guys like those, your Will Smiths, you have your Gonslins, you have
0: your those, Dustin those, May. Those are those, those are six years ago, right? That, that's in the past. That, you know, we're talking about like every. Now year, their most get,
1: successful prospect is, is is arguably Corey Seager, and he's being successful on another team. Then, Co- Corey Seager, he's in his right. he's in his
0: year seven, year eight season.
1: No, and he's more guys, successful in Texas. Yeah, I'm like talking, he's not even successful guys, with the Dodgers.
0: Guys who have come up from the Dodgers in the last, I would even say the last three years, right, that have come up in that number one farm system that everyone loves to talk about, that have actually contributed. I guess the pitchers this year, they, they pitched pretty, pretty well, right? The the Bobby Millers and, and the Gavin Stones, I guess if you're happy about the way they did, which they did all right in the regular season. Like, but, but, like, we we talk about this team like they're fucking – like, I don't know, man. Like, it's the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread. And we've yet to see anything that actually fucking matters, right? Like, like the, the, Mookie, the Mookie Bet contracts and the Freddie Freeman contracts, I get it. You guys got great players. You're also paying them into their age fucking 50 season. So, that's not like a great contract, right? That's, that's Bobby Bonilla on steroids, if we're really going to be, be talking about it. You know what I mean? Which we won't get into it now because it doesn't matter right now. But but 10 years from now, when or if they're struggling to, to bring in talent because they can't pay them. That might be something to talk about, right? Not not going to go into it right now, but I, I'm just saying, like we look at this team as the, the 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 baby that we all should aspire to be, and it's like, why? You guys have one fucking shitty World Series that nobody fucking watched. You know what I mean? You, you have one World Series where you had fucking cardboard attendants. attending right? What was it? You had to pay for someone to sit in the outfield as a poster for you. That's your world fucking series. You guys fucking are trash. But enough about their past. What do you, like, what do you do in the future? Like, what, what can the Dodgers do to, to, to take that next step and become an actual winners? Like, like, does anyone have any suggestions?
2: Fire Dave Roberts. Not that I want them to win. Like, I want them to stay the course because I love this shit. They're not winning titles. So stay, stay right here. Go ahead and take the NL West. Go ahead and hang cloth in the, in the rafters. But, the, I mean, they got to fire Dave Roberts. That, that's what they have to do. He is not a manager that's going to help them win games on the field in the postseason. He's just not.
1: Rob, any suggestions? I mean, like, like the Dave Roberts thing is, yeah, like that's one thing. I'm not necessarily like calling for the man's job. But yeah, like Dave Roberts has never really like stood out to me as like a a guy that I would that would be like in my top five choices if I just had to like find a manager for a baseball team to win a title. I think he's he's played a lot of standby, like because of the talent that the Dodgers have been able to put together on the on those rosters, like the expectation is kind of that, that you make the postseason. But I think, look, it, it, like we talked about it before, if you're not going to if you're not going to go land the big fish route right in a world where the Dodgers don't land Shohei Otani, you have to invest in, in the rest of the team. Again, they're not far off. Again, it, this this team is not in a rebuild like it, it might be a, a reconstruction like a, of some areas, but it's not like a rebuild like you can you can you can invest in third base. You can invest in shortstop like those are probably your two weakest positions. The Dodgers, as a team, again, they're not that much different from how they've been before. They've never been a team where, like, you look at all three outfield positions and you're like, wow, all three of these outfield positions are, like, great. Like, they've always had, like, one weak outfielder, right? Like, things like that. Like, that's never really, like, bothered them before. But, like, I think, again, where they experience most of their hurt is on the left side of the field, where shortstop and and third base is not being occupied by your Corey Seegers or your Treya Turners or your Justin Turners, who, again, Justin Turner... For the for the last three or four seasons that was with the Dodgers, it was probably one of the most underrated third basemen in the game of, of baseball as a whole. So that's definitely lacking there. We but again, it, a lot of it also points to injuries. But it's tough because I think a lot of Dodgers fans and and the Dodgers team organization was sitting in a position where you're like, yo, our next decade like looks like a looks like a one two three of Bueller, Urias, Dustin May. That doesn't look like it's going to happen in like in like any sense, right? You're hoping that Walker Bueller comes back strong from from Tommy John and and I'm hoping that Walker Buehler comes back strong as a baseball fan because again one of the top pitches in the game I want to see him pitch well Julio Urias is probably not a Dodger after after this after this season so we we don't know on that end still and then Dustin May again Dustin May injury after injury after injuries one of the most electric arms when he's been able to throw but I really don't know man I don't know where they go from here
2: bring back Trevor Bauer.
1: A possibility, no, like, a possibility. Can, can can I be honest
0: with you guys? And and look, Philly, the Phillies may well shit the bed this next fucking series, right? Um, to me, it's about mindset, right? And and I know it's going to sound like really fucking something you hear on YouTube when you're at you know five in the morning because you went on
1: on Go <laughs> no, motivational YouTube, speech. Give me that motivational speech.
0: <laughs> no, but to be honest, with you, I think I think it's about the mindset of of all these front offices and. We, we heard it, we, like Nick and I talked about last week, about the shit that the, that the Mariners, Jerry DePoto said about his, if we're here 50% of the time, we're fucking successful. The truth of the matter is, that is how baseball teams are being run today. You know what I mean? There, there's no doubt in my mind that right now, if you look at, if you go to the guys at, at, at Dodger Stadium and you're like, hey, how do you feel about this season? They're going to say, oh, it was, a, it was a success. Right? There's nobody in baseball's mindset right now who is championship or fucking nothing. Right? No one is going to consider their, their season a failure if they don't win the championship. And I think that's gross. Honestly, like, I think maybe, maybe Dusty Baker, right? Because he's been kind of that old school manager about, hey, this is, this is why we play. Fuck all this bullshit. I don't, fuck if, if we're, I don't care if we're in the wild card. I don't care if we're, we're division winners. Our goal at the end of the year is to win this fucking World Series. And honestly, I feel that sense with the, with the Phillies too. I, I, like, I think that's why the Phillies are where they're at right now. Because I don't, I think they're, and we can transition to the Phillies after right after this. But with the Phillies, they're not a team that I think can can piece together wins in the regular season to make the playoffs. I think they're a team that was very, it was a real possibility that the Phillies didn't make the world the playoffs. This year. I, I think it was a very real possibility that they were out. Right. I think a lot of it had to do with some of the, the talent they had in the rotation. Granted, that came out, that showed out. But you know, my my point is, there's no doubt when I watch that team play that their whole fucking goal is to raise that fucking World Series championship at the end of this year. When they had talks in spring training, it wasn't about, hey, let's have a good season and we'll positively you know, be in the playoffs. No. I think their conversation is, we want to win this fucking World Series. Let's go out there and fucking get it. We missed out last year. We need to go out there and get what's ours. Astros, same thing. Astros' mentality, they go out there, and, and, and I think you can see it with, with their pitchers right now, where, Yes. They, 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 they're they, a team that's very analytically heavy, right? They're a team that uses analytics as much as anybody else in the fucking world. And I'm not saying not to. But at the end of the day, their mindset is, this is what's fucking ours. This is our fucking world series to fucking defend. This is our world series to fucking win. And you just don't see teams like that right now. You really fucking don't. Because, you know, Rob, yeah, me and you are Yankee fans. Do we fucking see that in the Yankees? Do we get that feeling out of Yankee fans?
1: I don't think no. we fucking do. I think... No, I think, I, I, like, I think... I think it's, it's disappointment. Like, like, we talked about it, bro. Like, the, the Dodgers and the Yankees as, as organizations are, for, for however much praise you want to give the Dodgers for how- We're fucking how losers. Are. That's what it was. We're yeah, losers. they're, they're disappointing. We're losers. Yeah.
0: They're losers. The Mariners are fucking losers with their fucking statements last week. Fucking losers. It's loser talk. It's how we won, like, 90 games and we made the playoffs. Success. Everybody gets a pizza party. Go fuck yourself. I want you to want to win that fucking World Series because that's what matters to the fans. We don't give a fuck if, if you won, your, like, 90 games and now we oh, yeah. get three extra games at home so, to make your fucking revenue go up. No, we want to see fucking World Series wins. We want to sit next to our friend who's a fucking Philadelphia Philly fan and be like, fuck you, our team's better than yours. Why? Because we have a ring.
1: That's what we want. That, that's generally what fucking – Bro, it's it literally Houston. It's probably Houston and, and Atlanta. Like, who feel – like, I don't want to say that Atlanta feels super nope, great. but not Atlanta. I, I don't – well, I'll give you my opinion. I don't want to say Atlanta feels super great. I'm sure there's some fan, some of their fans that are upset because they took the loss to Philly. But when we're looking from winning a rings perspective, Atlanta could be fine because they won a ring in 2021. The, if we're pointing to the last re, like the last ring, Atlanta won in 2021, Houston won in 2022. Two teams that are still built for contention, two teams that are still built for dynasties. Whereas like uh, all of these other teams are not in that same position. That's the difference. The Dodgers are not in a, we are going into next season straight like, yo, we're all good. You still have work to do. Atlanta can kind of just start. You know, Houston can kind of start. Like, they're, they're right there. Yeah, they might add here or there. But, like, those are the only two teams where, like, if they kind of missed out on the World Series, you kind of see, like, uh. But all of these other teams, I get your point. Like, you have to have more urgency to try to win.
2: No, I, I like what you're saying. That question is perfect. What organizations, what franchises are there to win a title, right? Like, that, the, ultimately, that's what you want. I think there's three. I think it really is the Phillies, but I think that's coming from the players. I think the players are the ones who are like, this is our fucking title. We're going to get this shit. And honestly, getting rid of Girardi, who I love as a manager and bringing in Thompson, I think was the front office, the leadership side of that to allow the players to really have that mentality. And I think they really pulled it out. Houston. Absolutely. You could tell through the entire season, they did not give a shit what the regular season record was. As soon as they got in the postseason, they're like, okay, now the job starts. And that goes a lot with Dusty Baker. Houston is the one organization I think from top to bottom, their goal every single year is to win a title. From the owner, to the front office, to the manager of the players, they are the most thorough. The reason I say no to Atlanta is I think Atlanta might be there right now, but I really think they were setting themselves up to Rob's point, having a dynasty and giving themselves a chance to be there every year. So now I'm interested to see how they flip the switch. The third organization franchise that I think is championship or bust, believe it or not, is Texas. The hire of Bruce Bochy with the success he's had in the postseason and them going out and spending the money on the contracts and having Chris Young as president of baseball operations, a very smart former player at that level who is really young for that level. Texas really pulled together these last few years a we need to win a title type of organization from the front to the players and then bringing in Bochi. The reason I say firing Dave Roberts is the answer for the Dodgers is because he doesn't know how to pull the trigger. He doesn't know how to walk into a locker room and say, you're my guy for this game. And I don't give a shit what your numbers say. You're my guy and you're going to do this, whether it's bullpen, offense. We've seen it from Bro- for Bochy, even when he was with the Padres, he did not have the best team in the National League that year, but he got them to the World Series. And with the Giants and this year with the Rangers, he goes into a locker room and he sees, OK, who's my guy today? Not who was my guy yesterday, not who was my guy in July, but who's my guy today? Hey, you've got the ball. You're going to go shove it up their ass, or you're going to go four for four. You're the guy that I want there in the number three hole, and that is the difference, in my opinion, for Texas, some of these teams. I think Atlanta's right there, and I'm really interested to see how their offseason goes and their mentality going into next year, because I think they're right there as a championship or bust team, but Philly, for different reasons, Philly players and Bobby Thompson, Houston up and down. Texas, Bruce Boshi, I think those are all moves or all players or people that are really championship robust.
0: I was going to add one team to, to there, but then I looked at it and it's like, well, they actually said the exact opposite. I was going to say, look, the Mets are kind of in that situation, but their comments, their moves, like what they, they're definitely not, right? They they themselves have
1: said, oh, we're not really looking to win a championship next year. Bro, they they literally, their hires literally point to them trying to be the Milwaukee Brewers with more money. Right. that that that's what they're going to try to be moving forward and it might work it might not who knows
0: let, let, let's move on let's move on to, to our next series um which was that 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 Phillies and Braves not a lot to talk about here man like Braves take one game which off of bro look Michael Harris Jr. made one of the most athletic one of the best catches I've seen for for the spot it was at right because it's not just about the catch itself but for the moment it was that in the game which was to close out the game um Basically, if that ball lands, we're, pro- we're probably going into extras. If not, the Phillies winning the game. Um, if you didn't see it, it's center field gap, deep in the gap, right? Like, act to the wall in the gap, right? At, at Truist Park, that's not anywhere. to – that's a pretty long, long, long spot at Truist Park. Jumps up, leaps, gets, grabs the ball, throws it back, gets gets Harper, who was a little bit too far off first base. He was kind of turning a Turner. He was rounding second base. Obviously, if he scored at that point, I believe they were they would have been tied. So. That play gets made, Atlanta wins, evens the series up 1-1, and that's pretty much about all we hear from Atlanta. That was the last, that was the last kind of um, heartbeat we had from Atlanta. Um, look, Austin Riley had a great series. Austin Riley really was kind of one of the guys that showed up for, for Atlanta. Um, he had a couple home runs. Um, for, for Ronald Cooner Jr., he kind of had a down series. Don't get me wrong, man. He had some, he had some, some plays that were made on him, though. Right, uh, just as good as Michael Harris plays, was the center fielder for the for, for the Philadelphia Phillies. Who his name's escaping me right now, but um, same thing. Late, late, late in the ball game, Ronald Cooner hits one towards the gap. Uh, center fielder for the Phillies makes an insane catch, um, and pretty much kills that all, all that momentum there. Uh, but I mean, there there wasn't much to the series right. Castellanos did his thing against Spencer Strider. Uh, Bryce Harper was Bryce Harper. You know, it, it was kind of the series that wasn't, man. Uh, but, by the way, Nick, Nick, you need watch for it today. Nick is wearing his, his Phillies gear. Whose jersey is that?
2: It's Mike Schmidt. It's old school.
0: All right. What, what, what do you think of the series? I, I feel like there's not much to talk about here other than Phillies just played really well.
2: That's all it is. I mean, Phillies played really well, and Johan Rojas is the center fielder uh, for them. They're talking about. Hey, he's a rookie. He had 149 bs during the regular season, so there's, there's a good chance you're not going to remember his name. Uh, to be honest, I didn't realize he was playing for the Phillies until I watched this series. So, yeah, I mean, kind of out of nowhere and just makes some big plays, great defensive center fielder so far that we've seen. I mean, really the only point I want to talk about is all the hate that was going towards Bryce Harper on that play. Look, man, I love that play that he made. He made a decision and he did it. He just did the damn thing. He's like, if I score, we get another inning because we're going to tie the game. That's a big decision made by a big time player, the heartbeat of that team. And then after the game, he says, yeah, I made a mistake. What do you want me to do? Like, talk about owning up to what you did and just saying, no, that's what I did, and I'm just going to stick to it. I'm probably going to do it again, basically. And you get the team to be behind you. You get your fans to be behind you. You're trying to spark plug this entire organization through that game that you've been behind and make a play. And Michael Harris, the second, has to make an absolutely unbelievable play. It's maybe him and two other center fielders that make that play, um, especially as a lefty, like. Bryce Harper took a chance on a play that's almost impossible to make, and the guy makes an impossible play. And look, he overthrew the cutoff, man, and Austin Riley has to make a great defensive play as well to get Harper out at first base. There's so many things that have to go right for that play to be made, and Harper says, yeah, good job. I tip my cap. I'll probably do it again, and let's move on. The Phillies are, man, this is a team that you're expecting to put up touchdowns every game, not one or two runs. And then when you have Nola and Wheeler coming out doing what they're doing on the mound, There's not a scarier team in the game right now. They're scarier than Houston. They're scarier than Texas. They're for sure scarier than Arizona. And this series coming up that I know we're going to get into seems really lopsided. Look, the Phillies are just hot, and this is the second postseason they've been this hot. It's almost as if they're like, hey, the regular season is great, but as long as we get into the playoffs, like we know what we can bang, and we know what we can do offensively. And you've got three or four guys in that lineup, especially with the way Castellanos swung at this series. You've got four guys that can literally win the game on their own. Double, you know, two home runs in a game is almost like that's their rally cry right now. It This is a fun team to watch. And exactly why I'm wearing the Phillies jersey is because this is the team that I think has the best shot to take it all the way. There's not much to talk about this series. You know, the second team, the Dodgers, the first they had two MVP candidates. This came out flat. So did the Braves. Their two MVP candidates in Olsen and Cooney Jr. just didn't do anything. And this is where, you know, Snicker, I think, maybe could have gotten into their heads a little bit more and really kind of been like, hey, what do you need for us to really turn this around? It's one game, let it go, and be a you know a leader. And that's where I think that Atlanta's next step is: is how do you make the micro adjustments in the big games? But there's really not much you can do. I mean, it's not like the the Atlanta pitching staff sucked; like they didn't give up the world like Kershaw did. They just got beat. They were making good pitches. Castellanos is hitting pitches that are off the plate for doubles. There, there's nothing you can do but tip your cap as a pitcher when that happens. I've been there before, where I threw my perfect pitch. And the hitter was just better than me. The difference is that Phillies, all of their hitters were just better on every pitch. And there's not much you can do for that from an Atlanta standpoint other than the offense needed to step up. I think that's the part that is different is the offense really needed to pick up the pitching staff because Phillies' offense was just banging.
0: Yeah, I'll say this, man. I think um, if home field advantage, if any team has home field advantage this postseason, it's got to be the Phillies. You have guys standing on the fucking roof of the stadium. Watching, watching baseball. I don't know if you guys still saw that video or not, but there's two two dudes on the top, on the top, uh, top, top, uh, what's called, right field deck watching the game, which is insane to me. Uh, but so so home field advantage. You know, in NFL they call it twelfth man, in baseball I guess you call it tenth man, or the, the the river of blood out there in Philadelphia with all those red shirts. Rob, man, what what, what was your takeaway from the series?
1: Oh man, I I <laughs> dude, the most simple takeaway is Bryce Harper's a superstar. That, that that's about it like that that's honestly the overall take man look atlanta atlanta went out there they fell flat on their face after having a very successful regular season again i'm not worried about atlanta atlanta atlanta's on a dynastic run like atlanta's gonna be no one's worried about atlanta missing the postseason in the next five years like le- like let's just be honest like whether it's winning the division whether it's a wild card team like atlanta has put themselves in a position where you're gonna have a chance to win a title every single year for the next five years you're gonna you're gonna be back there again but for, for Philly, look, I'm going to say Bryce Harper is a superstar. But I'm also going to say that Bryce Harper, out of all of these guys that are left in the postseason, is probably the guy that's, you know, why they're playing like this? Because he is in the most desperation for a ring. That, that's, that's honestly the point as well. And I'm not saying that he's in, in desperation for a ring because, like, you know, that, that's going like to boost his career in a massive sense, or it's going to knock him if he doesn't win one. But I think it's it's him just wanting that for himself, right? Like you mentioned, there are guys that there are teams that recognize what the fuck they're playing for. I think Bryce Harper is one of those guys that he recognizes like, I have everything I, ha- I need in baseball so far, right? Like the only thing that's missed necessarily missing from my mantle is a is a ring like that. That's it. I am a two time MVP. I don't have much else to prove when Bryce Harper is is um, injury free. He is one of the best offensive players we've seen play this sport. Like, he doesn't have anything else to prove. If Philly can keep him at DH or first base for the next decade, he's still going to continue to be one of the best offensive players in the sport. And for him, it, it's honestly, dude, it's just this ring, man. Like, we talked about it before. As soon as he left the Nationals, they win a ring. Damn, he misses out on that. Last season, you go to the World Series. Guess what? In a year when a lot of people weren't expecting the Phillies necessarily to to be a world a World Series contender, right? They make the World Series last. Uh, they make the World Series last year. They come up short, right? Bryce got a taste of that. Now you're getting a second opportunity again. In in what Nick just talked about, let let's be real. The the Phillies should be seen as the favorite to come out the NL. Like we we give props to to Arizona. And again, it could be a situation where Arizona goes crazy, but. Right now, Philadelphia is, is very well positioned to, be, to go to the World Series again, and the main reason that they are in that position is Bryce Harper. If you take Bryce Harper out of that team, it's not the same team that they've been producing these last two seasons. You look at his postseason numbers, what else do you want from the guy? It's, we've talked about it before. It's literally been the definition of this guy is a super, super duper hype prospect who meets all the criteria that people hype them up to be. He's been the postseason battery for the for the Phillies the last two seasons, right? He, he he continues to be that, and I think for him, I think being able to push Philly to potentially win a championship ring is what continues to push him as a player. I think we see that out there on the field, right? We saw all the all the photos of Harper rounding second base, staring down Orlando Arcia. I think it's yo, you're seeing you're seeing the embodiment of a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. Like this is a guy who takes the game of baseball serious. Like this isn't just like a Oh, we made we made the postseason. Like we're happy to be here. Like you said, like the Phillies were just in the World Series last season. You're talking about a team that was just there last season. You think that they just want to pull up in the NLDS and be like, "All right, we're going home now." Like that's just the reality. And and going back to the to the Braves a little bit, they have to take this as a smack in the face, man. Like the like the Phillies might potentially go to back to back World Series. They're in your same division. They're potentially going back to, to to World Series in two straight seasons the the Braves have to see the Phillies as their main threat in in the NL in their own division as well in the seasons to come because it's not like the Phillies are going anywhere either like the the Phillies just made that 300 million dollar investment on Trey Turner and for all the shit that people wanted to talk at the start of the season for how Trey Turner performed that's another one look at trey turner's postseason numbers look at his second half is treya turner still one of the best shortstops in the game of baseball the answer is yes like it's not it shouldn't be a question so uh, the phillies are probably the most interesting team moving forward in this postseason in the offseason they have they have some moves to make but in this last season, in this last series that we just saw here man they just they smacked the Braves in the mouth it, it, it's that plain and simple
0: man i, I not think of brett harper's brett harper's just the winner Everything, every 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 step of his baseball career, whether it be graduating early, getting his GED so you can go fucking play JUCO at age fucking seventeen, or whether it was going to the to the Nationals and switching positions because he knew that he had a better outlook in his career if he was going to play in the office instead of being behind the plate, you know, home run derby with his dad at National Stadium. He wasn't there just to have fun. I was like, hey, I'm here to be an ambassador for the Nationals. No, he went out and won that thing, right? Bryce Harper is, our, is, is baseball's version of LeBron James, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Where everything, as far as hype goes, as far as production goes, he's, I'm not saying he's exceeded his expectations, but he's done nothing to make you think that he didn't meet those expectations. You know what I mean? At I, I, every step of, of the game, y'all love Bryce Harper. And one thing that, that I think you know, we could finish up on in the series is the Arcea stuff. That looked really stupid. If you're a Braves fan, you're embarrassed by that stuff. You have a dude who's playing in a postseason game, worried about what the fans are saying him be behind him. You know how bad is it? And, and like, this is nothing against Ronald Coon Jr. Ronald Coon Jr. is a 24-year-old or 25-year-old who's telling Arcea, dude, chill the fuck out. That's not usually who, what you get from, from, from Ronald Coon Jr. It's something like Freddie Freeman, right, that, that he's usually the guy that's saying, hey, dude, are you, are you an idiot? Why the fuck are you even interacting with these? You know what I mean? So the Braves do have some things that they have to, to button up. I, I think to me what, what it looked like a little bit was a leadership problem fr- from from like the, the Braves themselves. I don't necessarily know if they have that guy right now, which is, if we if we look at anything that's missing from the Braves, which isn't much, right? It's it's probably that. You know, you don't have your you don't have your leader, right? Or your perceived leader. Because right now nobody talks about Warner Cun- Jr. as a leader. No one talks about Austin Riley as a leader. No one talks about any of these guys as a leader. Maybe Maybe that's what wants Swanson brought to the table. Maybe that's why he was so important. That's that's a possibility. Obviously, when Freddie Freeman was there, that was his rule. But now I'm not sure if anyone takes that and says, "Hey, look, this is how we play baseball." Um, but let's let's move on to AL man, because there's there there's there's two more series that we gotta talk about. And man, Texas Baltimore, n- another sweep. Not much to say here either. Texas came out and, and they took it. There wasn't really anything in those series that the that the Orioles made close, Texas kind of just came out and said, "Yeah, look, guys, you're too small." I don't know if you guys seen those celebrations right now going around. If you're like, like everyone's doing that whole like YouTube YouTube short celebration, that, that's pretty much what Texas did to, to the Baltimore Orioles, man. But well, Rob, I'll have you start off, man. Anything about this series you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, no, nah, man. This one, this one was quick. Uh, the key word is inexperience. I, I said, I said it before this this uh, series, and it's not to it's not to shade on Baltimore. Um, I think Baltimore made a great statement this regular season with how they how they played. They they dominated a lot of teams this year. Remember that that stat that they talked about, like Baltimore didn't get swept the entire season until they until they faced the Rangers. Like, so it, it, it kind of points to their whole season, man. I I always thought they were a little bit early, just because again they're another one of those teams where I see on this possible dynastic run, especially with the prospects that they have coming up. I think they got a little bit of of you know their taste of the postseason, and, and it's going to come in in these coming seasons for them. I I. I saw it, man. You saw it out there in the, on the field too. Like in those games, like they just looked outmatched. Like Texas, Texas looked like like the better like the better team. When Baltimore has kind of been on that side of the equation for most of the regular season, right? That's why we say a lot of the times the postseason is different, and that's kind of what we saw out there. Texas just looked like the better team. Like I've said all year, they have one of the best managers in, in the game of baseball, and Bruce Bochy. Um, they look better prepared. They look like they were just ready to. They they honestly Texas looked like they were just ready to roll through whoever their first round matchup was in the in the ALDS so I'm not even that surprised on on that end but yeah I just point back to the inexperience um for Baltimore good season but you'll just have to wait to be back there next season
0: you know to to me it kind of just looked like they were they weren't ready to be there you know what I mean where it just looked like they kept some of those games close right I think I think you know I when I watched the first game it was like oh yeah, like they're, they're battling, but here's where they the bought Baltimore loses. And it was like very obvious to me. Um, And it kind of just kept that way going. You know, after they lose the second game, which was another close one, they had no shot game. They didn't even show up the game. But, Nick, what about you, man? What What's what your takeaway from the series?
2: I got three of them. Number one, I think this is the only team that actually got affected by the layoff. That they're not playing that first round and having to wait. I think this is a team that needed to keep playing just to keep playing, just to be in the rhythm. Whereas the other teams, I think they either got cocky or just, I don't know if I want to say they looked past their opponent, but I don't think the layoff got in their way. I think Baltimore was a team because of how young and inexperienced they are. They needed to keep playing the game to keep sharp. I think that is what would have kept them sharp. You can practice hard, you know, you can, you can go through mental drills, but I think this is the one team with how young they are. I think that layoff actually did hurt them. Number two, uh, it's obvious they need more starting pitching. They did not, they don't have a shutdown guy. And when you're going against an offense like Texas, you need a guy like a gallon, you know, that or a Wheeler or a Nola that can go out there. And I don't care how good your offense is. I can shut you down. Or well, Baltimore doesn't have that. They have the bullpen for that, but then they didn't have Bautista. So their bullpen got a lot shorter. I mean, they just, they need a starter. They need to go get Nola this off season from Philly. Like that's, that's the big guy that's going to be out there. Or maybe try Yashimoto from Japan, you know, or uh, from overseas. Like they need to go get a guy that can go out there and just shut a team down, no matter how good they are. And then for me, number three, and I hate to say it because I love him as a manager and I think he's absolutely awesome, but Brandon Hyde really kind of got exposed. He did not have this team ready. You, as a manager, you need to be able to have your team ready, whether it's layoff or not. And, you know, Rob says it all the time. It's, it's a broken record for both of us, Bruce Bochi. He's an absolute difference maker. And I have this argument with one of my good friends, Chris Murphy, all the time, who we've had on the podcast. Managers don't mean shit in the regular season. They really don't. There's Managers aren't going to get you any more wins. They're not going to take you from a non-playoff team to a playoff team in the regular season. The postseason is when they're going to do it. And I really hope Brandon Hyde took notes through this postseason on a game-to-game, inning to inning basis. I wouldn't say he necessarily got outmanaged in the game, but I think with the preparation, getting the team ready is where he got outmanaged. Texas came out there and they just looked like we are better than you. We just are. And we're going to show you that. And Baltimore came out, Hey, let's go play some postseason baseball guys. Let's let's continue our season. Let's go have some fun. And then they got hit in the mouth. Like, Oh, this isn't, this is different. This isn't fun right now. Um, this is weird. So I just, they were overmatched. It's in retrospect, looking back on it, it's almost, how could you not pick Texas going into this? But you look at the regular season and you see what Baltimore did all season. You're like, okay, they've got to have the best shot. Like, they're the best team in baseball or in the American League. How do they not have a good shot at this? But looking back at it, yeah, Texas was just the better team going into it and they showcased it. And it's, you know, a lot of it comes from Bochy, but I think the pitching staff, Baltimore had a great opportunity to go get some arms to help out with their pitching staff going into the postseason. And I think they just wanted to get to the postseason rather than win in the postseason when they really had a chance. So I'm interested to see how the offseason goes for the players and what mindset they come back with are they coming back with the, you know, the Phillies going to the World Series and all season looking like that? Only thing they wanted was to get back to the World Series. Does Baltimore have that for the player aspect? Like, you know, we got a big chip on our shoulders. We should have been in the ALCS at least, if not the World Series, with what we did the regular season. Are they going to come back pissed and, like, ready to just dominate? Or are they going to come back and say, hey, you know, that was a good run. Let's see if we can repeat. Let's see if we can get back there to the postseason. Uh, but Texas just, I mean, they mollywopped them. They just put a beat down on them, and they were just better all the way around. It, it it's tough man
0: cuz the only way you get experience is
2: by playing right and
0: you know the only way Brandon had to gets experience is by managing in these situations you know he he inherited a team that honestly if you if someone said they're going to lose 140 games a cu- a few years ago that that was a real possibility right At, you know post Manny Machado when he took over and and it's kind of just like hey we're rebuilding you know thank you for being here Right. Now, now if you're the Orioles, you have to make a real kind of, you know, analysis. You know, do we believe in him enough that we think that he's going to take the experience from this postseason and come back next year and be a better manager for it? Because if you look around, look, it's Dusty Baker. He's been around since the Willie Mammoth, Right. Like he's my, my, my man's old. I just put it out there. Dusty's not like a, a young dude. Right. Um, you know, we, we mentioned uh, the Texas manager. Well, I'm, like I'm losing his name right now. Bogie. Uh, Bochi, yeah, Bochi. Like, look, Bochi's won world series in the past. Like, right? Like, that dude's got rings. If you look around, like, Tony Luovo, I think Tony Luovo was a, a very good manager. Uh, he's had his experiences, right? Like, he's had his experiences in the playoffs where he has lost a series in the playoffs, right? So, for what it's worth, he has experience in that situation. And yeah, he lost, but he had to lose, right? Like, if not, he wouldn't have had the experience, right? And now, you know, the, the last guy here, you know, uh, Rob Thompson. He was in the World Series last year and before he was in the World Series he was part of an organization who made the playoffs every fucking year so I don't question his experience with it right so what we're looking at right now in the in the let's call it the final four here it's going to be guys who have been around it to a certain extent right they've seen championships they've been around championships you know for, for me the series kind of just was what it was it was these guys they, they just looked like a team that was gasping for, for air every every inning right where it wasn't like we're playing it was like okay we're still, we're still here thank God. You know what I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like, yeah, we have to go do this. It's like, okay, we didn't lose it yet. Awesome, right? And and you know, you, you kind of see that th- throughout the game. Last last ALDS matchup, which was, I mean, it are right. Um, Houston and and Minnesota. You know, I had high hopes for Minnesota, and Astro just said, "Yeah, fuck that, bro. We're just better," and and that's kind of what happened. But Rob, anything about this series?
1: Yeah, man, pr- pretty much same thing. A- Astros were the were the better team. Um, I had the Astros taking this series against Minnesota. I think Minnesota came out. They they played it as well as they could. Um, they definitely got you know the 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 uh kind of postseason performance from Carlos Correa here or there. I would say the the one thing that that stood out for Minnesota for me that they have to be thankful for is for that Pablo Lopez trade. I think the the starts that Pablo Lopez had for Minnesota um in the wild card series and in the ALDS. Um, in game two, being able to, to essentially just shut down the, the Houston offense for seven innings and get Minnesota its only win in the series, you know, I, I think that's very key for them. Pablo Lopez should be the at, at least the, the number two guy in that rotation uh, moving forward for the years to come. Um, he He's a very good veteran arm to have in that rotation. Um, for Minnesota, I mean, dude, it's tough because Minnesota is not one of those teams where they're just guaranteed to be. So like every time that this happens to them, it's almost like a reset. It's like, it's like, I don't know, dude. I don't, I don't know if you're going to be back there again, because we, we've talked about it before and it's not to like shit on the central, but it's just the reality. Like the central is guaranteed one spot in the postseason, in the AL. That's it. It's the division winner. The other five spots are coming from the East and the West. That's just what the trend has been the last couple seasons. There's no indication that that trend is necessarily going to change here in the seasons to come. So Minnesota is going back to a spot where, yeah, you have a you have a a good amount of talent, and like you said, you had high hopes for them. But it's it's a good amount of talent. Now you have to do the regular season all over again to try to win that division from the White Sox, from the Guardians, from you know, if the Tigers put it together and, and catch some momentum and things like that. Like it's going to be tough for them. Like like moving forward, um, even if they do come out of that division again, it's it's just it's a reset again. Like man, we have to try to get through this again, which we haven't been able to do. Like. Pretty much ever, like in the last like two decades. So, and then for Houston, it, it's kind of the same old, same old. They're the defending champs. They're they're going back to the to the ALCS. What they've been there seven the last seven years. Like it's 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 no different for them. It's they've been here before. Um, again, like I I see another situation where I see a good series coming up here, which we're gonna dive into in the ALCS. But for Houston and Minnesota, man, I just thought Minnesota was also outmatching that series.
0: They didn't look good. They just didn't look good. Every player, every single player on, on Houston looked better at their position than the yep. guys who, who were on the twins. And it kind of just what it was, what it was. And, um, you know, I thought Minnesota's pitching was going to do a little bit more and they just didn't. Uh, honestly, it, it was that simple, right? Houston came out, they did what they had to do. Um, Should have been expected because they've been doing it. Like you mentioned last seven, last seven years. Uh, So, you know, for Minnesota, going forward, this is a team that every year has to look at itself, and there's more variables on that team than there is on any other team, in my opinion, in the postseason, because the truth is, you don't know what you're getting from from, from a lot of these guys. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how they go going forward, but Nick, man, what about you, dude? What was this series like for you?
2: So, I have a bit of a different take. I Honestly, tip of the cap to Minnesota. They should not have won a game. They should not have been in the series. They are nowhere on the level of Houston. I've never seen a better 3-1 loss where I take so much positivity from the team that that lost a series. I think while maybe some of the players, particularly some of the pitchers, could have done better, look, man, that offense is scary down there in Houston. When you got Jordan Alvarez, who seems to hit 600 in the postseason, Jose Altuve hits, you know, 560 and then draws 17,000 walks. Like, their use is just flat-out amazing, especially when it comes to the postseason. Um Pablo Lopez, if it was a full season award, I think he would get MVP votes with the way, not only regular season, but what he did with his postseason. When you talk about a most valuable player to the team, Rob's right on point, man. Talk about one of the best trades in the history of the game. Literally in the game, you give up rise who, yeah, that's that's brutal to get rid of, but then you get what exactly you need, and then the guy does it. in Pablo Lopez, um, I mean, team MVP for sure. And then... Minnesota better come back to a standing ovation from their home crowd when they open up the season next year because they should not have been this close. I don't even know if they should have gotten to this series. But since they did, I think they played their asses off. And to your point, Rob, they're just outmatched at every position. When you have Jose Abreu, who hits 150 during the regular season, popping three home runs and has an OPS 1.5, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? when they just come through and say, Hey, this is our game. This is our time of the season. Um, I, I, lots of positivity towards Minnesota. They really impressed me with how they played. They were always out of it, but they were never out of it. It's a weird statement to make, but like, they are just outplayed, but it always felt like they were in the game somehow. And to have guys like Royce Lewis step up as a rookie. That's awesome. Carlos Correa continues his post-season dominance and leadership. Like, it's nothing but positivity, in my opinion, for Minnesota. They just don't have the talent on the team to compete with the Houston or, to be honest, with the Texas. Maybe they would have competed with Baltimore just because they're young as well. Um, but I, this was a fun series to watch. I was really impressed with Minnesota. And Houston, they're just that team. They are those guys That's just just a matter of, like, who are they playing next to get to the World Series at this point. So um, it was a good series to watch. It was predictable. And... You know, there. This is one of the few series where I can't really talk too much shit on either team. There was it was just a good series with one team being clearly better in every aspect.
0: Man, so you you heard it here right now, man. We, the series going forward, it's gonna be Houston and Texas in like the you know battle battle for who's bigger. I guess I, I don't know what Texas does. Um, I got called out for saying the Yeehaw State. Uh, uh, i on not but but uh, and then on the NL side, you have Arizona and Philadelphia. I mean, real quick, because we're going to get into it a lot more, you know, towards the end of the week, I'm sure. But, you know, any any
1: kind of thoughts on 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 either of
0: these two series? Uh, you know, Rob, I'll start with you, man.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, look, over in the AL, um, I, I, I predicted that it, that it was from the start of the postseason that it, that it was going to be a, a Texas ALCS. I kind of saw those teams just on a, on a collision course. Um, and it's it's a good narrative, honestly, for 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 how the season turned out. Because if you remember, Texas spent the entire season basically in first place in the West just to lose out on the division to the Astros. But they also haven't played the Astros necessarily well in the regular season. I think they went four and nine against them this this season. So it's not, they haven't had too much success. I picked the Astros to beat the Rangers um, in the ALCS um, experience, you know, defending champs um, on the Rangers end. I, I also think that as much as I praise Bruce Bochy, I do still think that they're a team that's a little bit early because no, not a lot of people had had the Rangers again four wins from a World Series immediately in the first year of Bruce Bochy and with the with the situations that they've had as well, right? Because we all know that if Texas um, bows out in the ALCS, at least they can you know rest on the fact that hey we invested this money in Jacob DeGrom, right? Like we didn't have Jacob DeGrom, we didn't necessarily have a healthy Max Scherzer next year when we have those two guys back, but is health gonna be there? I don't know. Texas, Texas has a, a interesting future coming up, but I would still give um Houston the advantage there because I'm I'm gonna tell you something too. Before I move on to the NLCS, Jordan Alvarez is scary, bro. Jordan Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez scares the shit out of me. As like, like, like if I was a pitcher, I'd tell my manager to take me out the game. Because like Jordan Alvarez is literally like he is um how we talked about before Juan Soto, you know, his patience, Barry Bonds-esque or whatever. Jordan Alvarez is the physical embodiment of every World Series run that David Ortiz has been on with the Boston Red Sox. Like that is how dangerous of a bat Jordan Alvarez is in the postseason. And it's, it's going to be a massive part of why Houston is going to continue to have postseason success moving forward. I mean, the dude is just scary. On the other end, it, even, even quicker, Arizona, I just don't think they're, they're going to have the, the, the ability to overtake Philly in that series. I pick Philly to, to overtake Arizona. I hope it's not a sweep. I hope it's not a sweep because, again, like Nick mentioned, Philly, I do think Philly, um, even though I think like Texas and Houston have the manager advantage, right, and they probably have like that experience over there, Philly has that momentum advantage. And I think I, I, if, unless they play Arizona badly this series, but I think they might have a good chance to run through Arizona. And if we get an a astros Phillies repeat in the World Series again, and again, two of the most monstrous offensive players in the game today, Bryce Harper versus Jordan Alvarez round two, I mean, that's just going to be explosive. And, and we're going to have a Phillies team that's going to be looking to to get revenge for last year. So that's definitely going to be fun. Nick, what about you, buddy?
2: Uh, prediction, Jordan Alvarez is going to have more walks than plate appearances. Um, he's just going to have 20 walks and only come to the plate 17 times. Uh, this is the one where the man, or the umpire should say, can you just walk him, please? Because just like if he calls a shot, I wouldn't be surprised. If he, yeah. if he points to center field and hits it there, I wouldn't be surprised. He's just the most dangerous hitter in the postseason right now. Um, I think it's going to depend on what Aovaldi shows up. If Aovaldi o- comes out postseason Eovaldi, I I think Texas takes it in seven. I really do, because you're going to get two starts from him, and if he can do what he's done in the postseason, not just this year, but when he's with the Red Sox, he's proven to be a good postseason pitcher, and if you can get him to do what he normally does, you almost got to chalk up two wins to him, even against an offense like the Houston Astros. If Iovaldi isn't that guy, and he gives up. You know, he gives up the the ball in in the first game. Houston, I think, takes it in six. But I this is going to be a very fun series. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think there's going to be a lot of lead changes. I don't see anybody shrinking in this series on both sides. Like you're going to have your Altuve's, your Bregman's, um, even like a Michael Brantley, I think, is going to show up in this one. We haven't really heard his name, obviously Alvarez. And then on the the, the Texas side, I think Seager, Simeon, Young. You know, Carter, I think all these guys continue to show up. Jonah Heim, So this is going to be what most fans want to see, which is an offensive just blasting off down in Texas. Um, NL side, man, just because I never predict sweeps, I'll say the Phillies in five because it's so hard to predict a sweep. Um, I As good as Gallen can be, I think the Philadelphia offense is just so much better that you got to talk about keeping the Philadelphia offense to three or less. That's insane to think about, even from a Zach Gallen and a Merrill Kelly, who everybody's saying could be a number one on some teams. He's a great number two. I think Rob's right. This is a number three. This is an ideal number three or four on a staff. And I think that's going to come out in this series. Philadelphia is going to expose the shit out of everybody on that pitching staff as good as they've been doing. And if Arizona can keep hitting four home runs back to back to back to back, Sure, they've got a chance, but you're not doing that off of Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola right now. You're not even doing off Craig Kimball right now. Like, no, it's just this is just a no. This is the Houston Astros versus the Minnesota Twins from the DS. I'm sorry, you're just outmatched in every single position.
0: This is I mean, I don't know, man. I I think with with the Texas and Houston series, or yeah, the, the Rangers and Astros series, I should say Houston's Texas, the 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 what's it called? The Astros and Rangers series this Rangers lineup is something that, that Houston hasn't faced in a long ass time. You know, Houston arms in the last, I would say five or several series or the last playoffs that they've been in for the last seven years. This is the best lineup they're going to play in that time. Right. And I'm counting, I'm, I'm accounting for the Yankee lineups. I'm accounting for um, the Boston lineups. I think, in, honestly, I think this is the best lineup they've played in a series probably ever where one through nine, you have dudes that can do damage. Um, if I have one guy that I'm looking for to just take over, it's going to be Josh Young. I think there's going to be his coming out party, if I'm being be honest with you. Uh, I think everything's bigger in Texas. I think the bigger third baseman in Texas is going to win it. I don't have Alex Bregman being that dude. I would take I, – I, and I'm not even, like, being funny about this. I would take Josh Young over Alex Bregman every step of the way. Now Bregman has playoff off a screen. so might shut me the fuck up this, this time around, but I, I'm looking for Josh Young to have a big series. On the NLCS side, I I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I I I I don't want to say. Like, I wasn't high on the Diamondbacks coming into this thing, and they've 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 been great. I think that there's too much to overcome in Philadelphia. Like, best case scenario, if you're the Diamondbacks, you steal a game or two at home, and maybe you get away with one in in Philadelphia. I think that's best case scenario for you guys. I think best case scenario, you win
1: at home and you sneak one.
0: Bro, in, in Philadelphia. Bro, the I energy,
1: energy in Philadelphia is going to be ridiculous, man. Like, it's just like, like, even for base, like baseball, it's just like, like Philly cares about baseball, bro. It's not, it's not like one of these teams that like, you just show up to the ballpark and there's no fans. Like, it's, it's, not like Dodgers, cares, bro. It's, it's not the Dodgers. Nerd, but it's not the Dodgers. It's not Los Angeles Dodgers. You're not sure. Nothing not the Rays. Look, <laughs> Hey,
2: if, if, uh, if Arizona doesn't pee themselves on the field, when they're playing in Philadelphia, that's a victory.
0: No, right. I mean, I, I agree, man. And I just,
1: dude, I, I, I you know, love on, the other, on the other side of it, can we just say if Arizona makes it out of the NLCS and, and it goes on, let's just say Arizona in 2023 wins a title, they would have to be in conversation for like the greatest run to a title like yes. in the history of baseball because it like honestly, it like who <laughs> if you have the ticket for the dime, if I want to see the winning ticket for the Diamondbacks winning a World Series title at the start of the season. Who put their bet on that? Not not midseason, not before the postseason started. No, 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 pre-start of the season. I want to see who has a ticket that put money on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series because you're about to make some money. I don't know, man. I, I don't. Know. I, I, I look. I honestly don't see it happening. It's, it's you, so much. <laughs> yeah, so I just got, got your hopes up. Sure. You're not going to make money, <laughs> but like. like
0: still. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, one last thing I want to on, because I think it's a question we should talk about is how do you guys feel about the. The playoff rules right now, as far as you know the the buy the buys and stuff like that. Um, do you guys have any problem with it? Because for me, and and here's my here's my thing, is baseball is a sport they play every day. When you get to the last couple of months, I mean, when you get to the last month, the last couple of weeks of baseball season, you're playing at a ramped up level that's unfucking matched. To do that and then just sit at home for three to five days. I think, I think it's a lot to kind of over, overcome, and again, Houston did it, but Houston's also been there for the last, you know, they, 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 I don't know. I don't want to give it an excuse. I, I just think that when you have a team like the Philadelphia Phillies, right, who are coming in on an absolutely buzzsaw, right, had to get into the playoffs, had to get that, that last spot in. Now they're playing first round. They still have that energy, and then you play a team that's kind of been there and, like, they had to wait around. They had to wait to see what, what you were doing now. You know, maybe you're inter-squatting, maybe you're not. I think it has some effect. I don't think that it's like the end-all, be-all, but I do think it has some effect. What, what do you guys think about it?
1: Yeah, it, it's difficult to say the exact effect that, that it would have. Um, again, I think it's a good point that Houston has been there before and they had that experience. Um, it, it's tough to point out, to be honest, because then you present a situation of, is there any benefit in winning over 100 games? If I know that I'm going to get a buy and it might mess up my momentum and things like that, I think. Look, I think the easiest way to point at it is this is the way the structure is currently in the MLB. I think organizations know that ahead of time, right? Like you know what your standing is going to be depending on where you finish. You know that there's going to be those buys, those breaks that you might have, so you you have you have to prepare for that, right? Like they expanded the, the wild card round from one game to three to kind of give more more teams that opportunity to you know work on a little bit of that momentum and not just bring it down to one game, but if I'm going to be real, real with you, I think this is just a, the the current playoff window that we're seeing right now is just a precursor for expanded playoffs once they expand um the franchises in my opinion. I think if the MLB plans on going from 30 to 32 franchises, I think we're also going to see two more playoff spots be implemented and then it's literally just going to be a situation where we have um you know like those those uh matchups being able to have kind of like um what do you call it? If you expand it to uh, to a seven seed, uh, like seven, seven, where there's just like one one team gets a buy. Or if you do a full on eight, eight, I think it's going to lead to expanded playoffs um, coming in the in the coming years. Because I really could see a situation where you just have a one one seed facing eight seed, you know, kind of like an NBA uh, matchups. I think we talked about it before MLB is reaching a point where there are a lot of the teams that they would want to have in the postseason are not getting there. And because those finances are, are starting to get messed up on the back end, even though they might not want to admit it. Right. But not having a Yankees, Mets, Red Sox, even Cubs, Padres, like not in the postseason, opening up a couple more postseason spots and, and giving away for more teams to be in there. And then also fighting back towards that perception of, oh, you know, the, the break impacts team and then having everyone on the same level might be the future that we're headed for. For me, I
2: can see both sides of it. So I'll start on the one side that I'm not really on, which is, yeah, it sucks to have the layoff. I mean, who are the four teams that are in the LCS? Houston, playing for their playoff lives. What They knew they were going to be in. No, they didn't. They had to play to the final day to know if they were going to be in between uh, Toronto, themselves, Texas, and Seattle. Oh, Texas? Same, ex- literally the same exact situation. They went from we're going to win the AOS and have a bye to we may not be in the playoffs. Philadelphia. We knew they were in the playoffs, but they were playing for seeding. and they had something to play for. Arizona, were they in, were they not? So absolutely, I see the side of it of playing hard all the way through. But to your point, Daniel, this goes to the regular season as well. All of these teams are playing at an amp level to get ready just to be in the postseason. And then you say, you know, for the other side of it where you've got the 100-win teams that are out of it, you know, the Rays, uh, the the Orioles, the Dodgers, and the Braves, uh, I'm on this side of it, and I'm going to do my best, Debo. In person, stop being a bitch. You know the rules. Like, what the fuck are you complaining? Of? You know what's going on. You know what's happening. Be a better front office. Be a better manager. Get your players. Be better players. If I had a week off between something, oh, by the way, I did play in college. We had a week off before our our conference tournament, and then the, and then the regional tournament. We didn't take off any time. We were out there busting our asses to be ready for that because we knew we were going to see teams that were also getting ready for it, no matter what type of competition they were playing at the time. Look, guys, you know what you're doing. You know what you're getting into. If you're going to blame the time off for not being as sharp, figure a fucking way to be sharp during this time frame. Um, My favorite wild card or playoff set so far in the history of the game was the three division winners and then your two wild cards that played one game, one elimination game. You played game 163 to go play in the postseason. and. All of the division winners had one, maybe two days off, and then you got right into it. I think that was the best format we've had. Yes, does it, could, suck, does it suck to be able to play 162 and then have to play one game for your entire season? It does. So win more games in April, win more games in May, win more games in June. Win, look, you have it within yourselves to do all of these things to be where you want to be. So do I feel bad for the team that played 162 and then lost a game to get out of it? No, I don't, because what you should have done, you should have won your division. If you didn't want to be in that situation, go win your division. You've had the entire year. Is that team better than you to win the division, a la the Dodgers and the West. Great. Then what do you have to do to the regular season to be there? I think Rob's right. It's going to go to eight different divisions and then a four and four, which takes away the, the time frame. But then to Rob's point, you're just getting in the teams that you're hoping can make it in for more money that may not be that good. I mean, we might get a sub 500 playoff team in that format. We already saw the Marlins with a negative 80 run differential make the playoffs. This is bad for baseball having more playoffs teams. It's good for the financials and the owners and getting more money, but that doesn't always translate to the players and it for sure isn't fucking translating to the fans. Ticket prices aren't going down. They're just getting more expensive. Now you're going to add more games with higher ticket prices. I think them getting greedy around this is kind of ruining the game of baseball in the postseason. To me, the best format is Three division winners, two wild cards, and a single-game playoff. If you can go back to that, I think you have all of the enjoyment that you need. You're still getting plenty of money for the ownership. That, to me, was just the best. But what you have right now, look, if you're going to complain about having a week off, then lose more games in the regular season so you don't. Or just find a better way to get to take that week and be sharper. That, that's what it comes down to. You have all these analytics and shit. You're a great front office, Atlanta and Dodgers. Well, figure it out how you get better during that week off.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, my my thing is, I I did enjoy the wild card game because look, a wild card is just that. It, it's in the fucking name. It's wild. Who the fuck knows what's <laughs> it, it It's part of it, right? It's, it's in the fucking like you know what I mean, description of it. So I did like that one game. Look, you didn't win. You didn't win your division. Well, shit. Got to win this fucking game. Um, I, I don't like I don't like layoffs, right? I think so. So for me, when I was a hitter, I hated not facing pitchers that were trying to get me out. Yeah, you know I mean, because you can inter squad, but your pitchers. One, they're not going 100%, right? They're working on their stuff. So most likely they're just trying to, you know, get tuned up, right? They're not competing against you. They're, they're essentially pitching a bullpen with you hitting for the most time, right? You're not playing a game. You're not, you're not you know, you're not, I'm not going to say you're not running full speed, but you're not doing the things that you need to do during a game. It's, it's just different, right? The intensity the intensity is a lot different, right? Um, so in my opinion, it's just hard to do that. Like, so what do you do? You call the Yankees up. Hey, man, I know season's over, but do you guys want to come play, play us for a couple of days? While we get ready for the, you know, what I mean, the league wouldn't even allow that. I'm, I'm pretty sure the league does a lot of things like that. But you know, so, so it's hard. I, I I would rather have no time off. I don't know what what the answer is if like expansion comes and and now you're 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 talking about okay now we have uh 18 format. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I, I think I think it is an issue, but right now, like you know, it coming into the season, it's something that you have to know how to deal with. If you know how to deal with it, then guess what? You're gonna be one of those teams.
2: Using it as an excuse. And you know what? Um, if they, if they go to eight teams and you have you know 104 win Braves going against a 78 win Cubs, you know what they're going to say when Ronald Cunha Jr. gets hurt in that in that playoff series? Oh man, they shouldn't be playing a team with 40 less wins. That that's just that's not right. They get injured. That they that shouldn't happen. There's always going to be a problem no matter what.
0: I mean, like, I, I, I I agree with the point that I think there's too many teams in the playoffs right now. Like I, I we we've seen a we've seen a really bad. To so this point, and Rob and I were talking about it before we started recording, we've seen a pretty bad product so far, this playoff series. Like I don't think we've seen any of us have been really impressed with what we've seen for the most part. Like none of the series have been really competitive. Like we're hoping we get that out of the, you know, the ALCS. We're not even mentioning it with like the NLCS. We're hoping we get a competitive, you know, ALCS. But so far it's kind of just been, I don't know. It's been, it's been kinda it hasn't been our like I usually I, I love playoff based and this isn't even like a yankee thing this is just the games have been or not even the games the series have kind of been just one sided where it, it just been less entertaining than than it usually is and hopefully these next series kind of change that but i mean not I, I don't know man I, I really don't know uh
1: do you guys do you guys have anything you guys want to say before we get out of here yeah man uh <laughs> It's tough. I'm, I'm gonna, honestly, I'm just waiting to get to the end of the season here. Um, like, like I said, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna end up being a World Series uh, rematch from last season. Um, I'm, I'm gonna wait just before I say a, uh, an official call on it, but I low key am leaning Phils a little bit um, to potentially take the title if they do make the World Series against the Astros. But yeah, man, it, it's gonna be a fun, a fun um, week here, just looking how the these LCSs turn out. Um, but yeah, back to your point, man, it's just it's tough it's tough to be like because like i'm hyped for them because i'm like a baseball fan so like i definitely want to see the games but it's more of just like yeah like it's tough when you haven't had that entire postseason run of superstars because that's like realistically what it's been it's a lack of superstars and that falls on organizations and not building well but again like sitting here and being like welcome to the mob postseason and then you don't have Trout, Otani, Judge, Lindor, Soto, Tatis, like, you know, you don't have all these like faces that would be the most recognizable faces of the game. Like playing is is always kind of tough. But yeah, man, I can only hope for some good baseball head.
2: Yeah, for me, I'll, I'll be honest, this is prisoner of the moment for sure. But uh, Bryce Harper is the face of the game right now. And he should be. He is the most real superstar in any sport. Um, I've never seen a player at any sport take more accountability and responsibility when he messes up. And also, just be honest, like when the the question about Arcea, did that bother you? Bryce Harper doesn't need anybody to talk shit to him for him to be more motivated to win a fucking ring. Not one person. He is in the gym every single day, every single second he's awake, he's about that ring. And then sure enough, he says, uh, I stared right at him, didn't I? Like, yes. What the question you're asking, stupid reporter? Yes, the answer is yes. And I'm going to double down and tell you that. Man, I love me some Bryce Harper. He is absolutely one of my favorite players in the game for every aspect. And how do you not be a leader or how do you not follow this guy? You know, you talk about there isn't that leader on the Braves. Uh, The Phillies have a lot of leaders. Kyle Schwarber, he's not the best player, but just his attitude, the way he walks around, he's a leader. Trey Turner is a leader. Zach Wheeler is a leader. And they all are following Bryce Harper just because the way he plays the game. Everybody to sit back and watch what Bryce Harper is doing, because if you have a kid growing up and you want to teach him how to play the game in every aspect and you want him to be a superstar and how to handle it, this is the guy. To Daniel's point, he's been in the spotlight since 15, 16 years old. He's been the guy that we've looked at. He's a 1-1 pick. He's been held against Mike Trout, the best performance player we've seen in the last decade, and he's holding his own he might be the best player in the game when you think about everything involved. So just keep watching Bryce Harper and enjoy what we're watching right now.
0: Yeah, man, look, I, I don't know if I'm saying this, I think there's a difference when you see like the roster construction right now, in Philadelphia, where, you know, I mentioned it earlier. This is not a team that I'm com- confident in a, over 162 games because there are going to be times where they struggle. Look at Trey Turner. Trey Turner struggled for the majority of the season. Um, Bryce Harper didn't come in this season, his full self, right? he had, He's coming off Tommy John surgery and, it showed for, for, most of the, for most of the season, right? Um, same thing with Kosh Werber Kosh Werber is not a guy that you look at and you're like, this is an amazing hitter. You, you look at this guy and it's like, he's going to run into some. <laughs> but o- overall, all, the one thing that we can talk about with all these guys is the talent is there, right? Like, we never question the talent is there. Um, with, you know, with, with Trey Turner, we, we, we've mentioned it. His speed, we don't. Even, we're not even talking about speed. His speed itself is something that the game doesn't really have a lot of, right? No, he didn't put up those gaudy stolen bases numbers like Acuna did and stuff like that. But what we do know from him is when he's on the field, he's one of the top ten shortstops in the league, and that's without any question. Um, we look at some teams out here trying to piece together, you know, guys to 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 get that production, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. What I will say this: if you give me ten years of Trey Turner and ten years of random guy insert whoever you want here, those creditarian numbers are probably gonna look better. So, you know, what I'm saying with that is talent isn't always gonna produce the numbers that you want to year in, year out. You are gonna have times where you pay someone that isn't quite as good over their career but has a great year that you're like, haha, we stole that one. But the truth is you can't build sustainable sustainable success that way. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Right? Where the guys the teams who are really good right now are the, the Astros who we can look at everyone in their lineup who are like, Yeah, look, that's a good play. Even even Alex Bregman, who I give Alex Bregman more shit than than anybody he knows. I won't you know what I mean? But guess what? When the postseason comes, I know he can get things done. Right? That's not something you can say for every third baseman in the league, right? There's question marks about a lot of third basemen. Same thing at, at the second baseman, Jose Altuve, right? You know, and, and even even like the Texas Rangers like 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 Marcus Simeon, right? Corey Seager, those are guys who paid up. Were well, you paid up for them? Because yeah. They're going to have down seasons, but more than not, they're going to be more talented than a lot of the guys at those positions anywhere else. So when you're building rosters, I know that everyone falls in love with the Rays because the Rays, you know, they, they pile up 100 wins a year and they're everybody's darling. And then October, it's like they're, they're just not around. This is why they're not around, guys. They don't have the players. Sorry, Vandy Rosarena. Like, you're just not that guy. I'm going to, I'm going to say it, right? Like, same thing for, for Yandi Diaz. No offense against Yandi. But does, does, does anyone here, like, if we had one at bat to, to do something, would we pick Yandi Diaz over even Kyle Schwarber? I know I fucking wouldn't. And Kyle Schwarber's fucking garbage most of the season. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just, it's just where we're at. Um, we have to do a better job by evalu- evaluating talent than what we do now. I, I fucking hate Yankees Twitter because we have so many of these, like, little geeks that talk about analytics and how, you know, hey, if we take this guy and put him here, like, he might hit the like Then, oh, fuck you guys. Get the most talented player and put him on the fucking field. That's all we fucking need. Trust me, it'll work itself out. But um, anyway, man, that, that's it for us. We will catch you next week. Hopefully, we're still talking about these series. So far, these series have been very quick, so we haven't had to um, go into an episode. So hopefully, we are talking about what potentially is game six and game seven. But yeah, we'll, we'll see you, man. Um, get the hell out of here.